0: Today is Friday, May 14th, 2021. The quality of your life is directly related to what you're willing to and not willing to put up with. You're listening to episode 242, The New Rules of Business with Patty Mara.
1: The business, what I what I saw very quickly was I've I've been paying attention to trends over the last 20, 25 years, you know, mass customization, subscription model. Um, I've talked about there are new business roles like the impact of the internet and the global marketplace yeah. that independently owned businesses have to shift from focusing on sales to solutions mm-hmm. and transactions to relationships. And so where I've been watching. A lot of businesses play the wrong game of business, think what they sell is their business and focus everything on the product or service, being squeezed. And even if 2019 was tight, it was still the model that they used to be in business was still working. And in 2020 with lockdown, it was gone.
0: This is the dance of life. My name is Tutor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up everybody, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Happy Friday to you, or whenever you happen to be listening to it, it's Friday for me today. But I hope you're having a great day. Today my guest is Patty Mara. She is the owner of MaraNet Incorporated and creator of several business programs like Breaking Through Barriers, Profit Generator, and the Business Reinvention Blueprint. Her passion is helping people find the right perspective, which in turn helps them generate extraordinary profits. Patty is an expert on perspective and spent over 25 years helping companies and individuals take a fresh look at the way they operate. This unique insight helps them to reach their full potential, enhancing customer experiences and dramatically increasing customer retention, growth, and profit. She's also the author of Up Solutions, Turning Your Team into Heroes and Customers into Raving Fans. In her coaching and her business, Patty Mara is always looking for the shifting point the piece of the puzzle that opens up a new level of results. Patty's passion is helping people find the perspective that will enable them to generate extraordinary results. In the midst of challenging times, her focus is enabling companies and teams to use crisis to reinvent and future-proof their business. Today, we're going to talk about how to reposition yourself during all the craziness that's been going on in the last year and a half or so. For more success and opportunity, you know, we're living in a new age. We're transitioning into a new economy. It's going to be great. A lot of great things have been happening and will be happening. And Patty is an expert at helping people pivot. So today I wanted to pick her brain about what she's learned during her lengthy career of doing it over 25 years. So it's really a lot of great insights in this. If you own a business, if you have a business, if you have a career, if you're looking to maybe become an entrepreneur or kind of start something, so a lot of great stuff. In this, if you know anybody that will benefit from it, make sure you share with them that they have been having a hard time repositioning. You know, pivoting is, is not easy, especially when you're trying to redefine who you are and what you're doing, it's not an easy thing. So hopefully this will help people out there. If you want to stay in touch with Patty, get a copy of her book and uh, her Touchpoint Scorecard. So it's kind of like a little evaluation system. You can go to www.pattymara.com. It's, it's spelled pattimar com slash life. There's a little page there that she made for everybody listening to the podcast. So you can grab a book there. And I'll put a link for this on the show notes for this episode. Remember, this is 242. So you can check the website. And that's it. Let's have some fun. 242, The New Rules of Business with Patty Mara. Hey, well, it's nice to have you on the show. So excited! I mean, you've had quite the quite the life, you know. I'm I'm really curious. How did you get into it? You know, you've been doing this for what, like 25 years now.
1: Um, uh, Trudor, first of all, thank you for for having me on your podcast. And um, I would say I fell in.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
1: you know, I think there's two ways Isn't that to how
0: it always that? happens, right?
1: It, it is. You know, I I've I've kind of come to the point now that. I, you know, my, my mental is lean in and allow, Mm. you know, just literally lean in and allow. Um, And I've just had this experience in the last couple of months that something that was a back end program I was doing is now, you know, what everyone's gravitating to. So, um, but saying that it's also, I think how I've done everything in life, regardless of the position I've had has been to coach. And and so it's almost like I found, I kind of stumbled along and found a path that I got to do what I love to do, that I was doing, making it how I was doing, regardless, whether I was in a sales position or a, you know, relationship management position, that's how I did everything.
0: Hmm. Were you always like, I would say as a kid, maybe were, were you that type that were very creative thinker, like entrepreneurial or did something kind of shift inside of you that kind of made you want to go your own route? Because a lot of people sometimes have a, a shift in their, whatever, their career, or a point where like, you know what, I, I just can't do this anymore. I need to, you know, follow my heart, quote unquote.
1: Uh, a little bit. I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family per mm-hmm. se, except both of my grandparents were, my grandfathers in particular, were very entrepreneurial. Well um one was entrepreneurial within the structure of a corporation like he launched buster brown the children's shoe line in canada for brown shoe company and he literally had to create a market in the 60s for it so you know he was very entrepreneurial and i learned a lot from him but i didn't really come from entrepreneurs but i just kind of i think i started by just stumbling along like i i had a My first venture was uh, creating, getting a student venture loan in university, and um, uh, designing and manufacturing, and then selling T-shirts on the streets of Toronto.
0: Nice. (laughs) I learned
1: a lot about my. What kind of (laughs) T-shirts? Well, you know, just plain T-shirts, like nice quality T-shirts with different designs on them. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, And you know, there were a lot of things I liked. The things that I didn't like was selling, hawking my wares on the streets of Toronto. Yeah. Although there was a wonderful community. Um, But when I graduated from university, um, I graduated during the recession in the late 80s, early 90s. And I I remember the headline, IBM laid off middle management for the first time ever. And it was the first impact of microtechnology on the structure of companies Mm. and flattening that structure of companies. And so nobody was hiring. And I had to make stuff up hmm. um, and that it's just led me on a path that that is where i am today
0: that's that's so interesting because i think that event with ibm is really kind of repeating itself more and more today and in frequency i mean especially with this last year mm-hmm. you know you see and, and also just in you know i read this book actually it's such an interesting book but i think it's very applicable It's called Platform Revolution. I forget who it's Mm. by, but it's it's a really interesting book. I read it a couple of years ago and it talks about how basically, you know, just these platforms, like, you know, anything, everything's a platform now, not just Facebook and obviously the big ones, but everything's a platform. And so the idea that you can basically have this almost self-governing thing that requires very few employees and... Has massive amount of profit and sort of control and information. You know, so it's it's a very different business. Like in you know back in whatever thirty years ago, with IBM and you know even GM and all these big companies and stuff, you had thousands upon thousands of employees. And now it's like the amount of profit, you know, the, this it's not the same equation. Like you don't need that many people to work for you anymore. So so it's a very interesting time that we're living in, especially I think with the last year and a half. Uh, with the whole coronavirus thing it's really changed a lot of that so i'm curious what your what your experience has been with that i mean what you know a lot of people have seen obviously the opportunity in it so what's been your experience in the last year and a half
1: um so i started 2020 with publishing my book that i'd worked on for 10 years nice so i had this 2020 vision you know publishing <laughs> Didn't the we book all?
0: What
1: did John Lennon say? Life is what happens when we're busy making other plans. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know, had this, you know, get on podcasts and, you know, extend my reach and have an impact and launch a program. And when March hit um, yeah. last year, I, I basically followed my process that I tell everyone to follow, which was, I got on the phone and started talking to clients, contacts, networks, friends. How are you? What's going on? Where are you at? What do you need? And mm. and just finding out. So I did, was my book still relevant? You know, did the language you need to take? Did I need to do a revision yeah, within two points of publishing? Right? So um, I kind of just dove in. And part of that level of conversation that I was having was a a number of things just became very apparent. Um, The first one was that the impact for me, and I always say this, you know, that's not putting aside, there has been a personal impact. There's been a health impact. There's been a community impact. I mean, that, you know, that aside, I think we have to have grace with ourselves because the personal, you know, the lack of contact has been tough on everyone on different levels. The business, what I what I saw very quickly was I've I've been paying attention to trends over the last 20-25 years, you know, mass customization, subscription model. Um, I've talked about there are new business rules like the impact of the internet and the global marketplace yeah. that independently owned businesses have to shift from focusing on sales to solutions mm-hmm. and transactions to relationships. And so where I've been watching a lot of businesses play the wrong game of business, think what they sell is their business and focus everything on the product or service, being squeezed. And even if 2019 was tight, it was still the model that they used to be in business was still working. And in 2020 with lockdown, it was gone. So it's like this acceleration of trends. And um, so on one hand, that it like forced forward if you will, things that were already happening, and demanded our attention on how we, who we are as a bit in business, you know who our market is, how do we create value, and how do we increase accessibility, um, make it easier for our customers to receive that value. It's a, it's a rethink. Um, the flip of that is I, I also follow. Mm. You mentioned platform revolution. I'll, I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read Peter Diamandis' books and the first one, Abundance, Bold, which is building an exponential business. And then the fastest future than you think actually Peter published the Fasterest future than you think the same day I published my book up solutions. So it was like either I'm in good company or I'm out of luck for, for <laughs> rating reviews. <laughs> um, but uh, so we hold on to what we know right it's the air we breathe it's the structure we know crisis interrupts all patterns so i almost i see us adapting technology faster when peter said like this this future that technology is enabling it and creating a greater level of abundance for all is coming forward but it's kind of like we resist because we don't want to change how we do things and all of a sudden how we choose, how we do everything has been up in the air yeah. So I think it's also enabling the future to meet us faster and bring about that shift faster. Painful if you're holding on to how it worked in the past.
0: No, it's so many good things there, gosh. I mean, for sure it's like I think the fastest way to learn is to throw yourself in the fire, right? I mean, ultimately. I remember so many times in any kind of situation when And it's difficult, I think, if you're a perfectionist or if you're somebody that, you know, really kind of likes to dot their I's and, you know, cross their T's because there's sort of this, like, okay, I'm not ready. Like, there's way too much. We all have a tolerance for change, right? Like, we all have a, a tolerance for how many things can change at a given time. And certainly, I think that you should expand that tolerance as an entrepreneur and just in person in general, but this last year, I think pushed everyone's envelope <laughs> to the max, Absolutely. you know, and so, but it's important because, you know, uh, you once you expand that tolerance, then, you know, you're able to know what to focus on. I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed, even in my own journey and the people I've spoken to and seen, the hardest, one of the hardest things is knowing what to focus on that's the right thing to focus on. You know, we get distracted by so many things where you're spending time on stuff that just really doesn't matter. And it's like making a decision about, okay, this deserves my time today. This deserves my energy. And I think when things are going crazy like this, it's a good opportunity to realize, okay, what things can I let go? (laughs) And I don't need to worry about, right? Uh, What things can I focus on? But you said some really good stuff and oh God, I just, I want to touch on all of it. I mean, one thing, the new rules of business with the, can you, can you state those again? Cause you stated them in a very nice way.
1: Sure. New business rules are that, and particularly for independently owned businesses, yeah. the focus needs to shift from sales,
0: sales to, to solutions, solutions. Yeah,
1: right? not what you sell, but the, you know, it's almost like what you sell, whether it's a product or service is the vehicle for how you create value to your customer base, yeah, and and so that focus needs to be on the solution, the value create, and and what you sell is just um, the vehicle, right? That's that's shifting your what I call playing the right game of business. The second one is shifting your focus from transactions to relationships.
0: I love that one. That one's so good. It's
1: it's hugely important if you're first of all anyone who interacts with your company. Um, And the whole team needs to understand this and come from this place that um, you're not just whatever the sale is, whatever the solution is and finishing off when you get paid. The next step always has to be how are you being related to them? How are you Mm. an email list? Can I send you, you know, we send out a newsletter. Um, You know, is this something you're going to need refreshed on or you're going to need recharged or you're going to need. You know, batteries or I, whatever it is. How do you be of service in a way that makes life easy for your customer? And you have to be thinking that way. Um, the rule of thumb is if you're not in front of somebody at least once a month, they forget you. If yeah. you are, and they make you, they're at the point ready to buy whatever it is they want to purchase. Um, they'll think of you if you've been in contact with them in the last month. But you have to do that in a way that's adding value and, and um, uh, I, I, my, I, the real thing I've noticed this year when I've seen businesses that have been successful in this challenging year, they've increased accessibility and ease. Mm. You know, what, what are the worries for the customer? What are their challenges? How do we make it easier for them and how do we make it more accessible?
0: So important. I mean, we can take each of those. I, I really want to expand on them and I want to see what you have seen in, you know, both good and obviously places where it's not being utilized. So if we look at from sales to solutions, so important, what is an example of that, of somebody taking, you know, let's say their situation and restructuring their business or their, their offering or whatever they're doing to focus on one or the other. And do you have any maybe examples recently that anybody that you've worked with and that they've seen some, some change in that department?
1: Sure. Um, I'll I'll give you a couple different, a couple different examples. Um, One, uh, a kind of a smaller community business and one that people may have heard may have heard of, and uh, pharmacy. I, I spent about eleven years working predominantly with independently owned pharmacists or pharmacies, and and largely in the states, a couple in Canada, and they're in a tough market. They're just, you know, they have an unfair marketplace that you know they have to submit their patient data to their competitor, the insurance companies, most of whom are owned by the big chains. So. Wow. Right. It's it's and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's literally an unfair market. And so um, over the last 15 years, you've seen a really significant squeeze to the point that if they're lucky, 20 percent, only 20 percent of their prescriptions are they reimbursed below their cost, Wow. never mind operating cost. Right. So they're being squeezed. And if a pharmacy thinks that what their business is, is medication, dispensing medication, they are out of business
0: because
1: mm-hmm. the chains are eating them up with transactions and the control of the insurance companies. Yeah. So, But if an independent pharmacy understands that their role in the community is whatever their health is, like the health and well-being of their community, whatever their focus is, and they're really out there with how do they increase the health and well-being and the accessibility. Um, so, uh, a number of the pharmacies created a synchronized program for medication. If, if, a patient's on maintenance medications, if you're on one, you're on multiple.
0: Right. And so
1: one of the challenges is it's confusing. You're always going to the farm. So they synchronized all the medications, So they're only picked up one day a month. But because they've made it easier for patients, they've documented that patients tend to take their medication as prescribed if it's coordinate, coordinated and organized for them. But it also enables the pharmacy to streamline the back end, the inventory, the, the batching, filling, um, and that frees up time to actually engage with their, their patients more. So now all of a sudden they're having conversations rather than just filling prescriptions. And yet it's more profitable because you've been able to streamline the back end. During the, during the pandemic and the impact on pharmacies and closing pharmacy doors, that you, you know, they couldn't get in. A lot of people couldn't get in to see their doctor and there are a lot of fear. And so I know a number of pharmacies that they stepped in to be that front and center, almost hand-holding patients. What did they need? How did they make it easier? Can we call your doctor? We'll get, you know, prescriptions renewed so we can... Ref- And they stepped in to be that health hub in the community. And that is absolutely an example of that. They're the solution. It's not the medications, just the vehicle.
0: Yeah, that's great. No, it's such, it's actually really interesting because it's, you know, we talk about knowing your why in business all the time. Right. And really, to me, this is just like a very, uh, very great way to get back to that because it's so easy to, you know, to kind of get you, you come up with the why of what you do of why you're doing it. And then you're like, okay, how does that why play out? Well, I have to get this product, this service, this detail, that detail. And then you kind of get lost in the details, especially when they're not performing. You know, especially mm-hmm. when you're not making sales or whatever else, then you start, well, I need to maybe change the price or I need to, you know, <laughs> change the landing page or all this other crap, you know? But really it's like, okay, what is my solution? You know, which is your why. That's the emotional reason why you're doing what you're doing and they connect to that. So it's, that's really cool. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. And, um, and another example, which have you heard of the shoes, all birds,
0: the, the, what the shoes, all birds.
1: Yeah. There's, no. there's shoes called all birds. Well, they kind of hit the scene a couple of years ago and they really came out in social media. So most of the people, most of the businesses I work with are tend to be brick and mortar. This yeah. is kind of one of those reverse stories. So yeah. there's two young guys that were contact contracted by the new zealand wool association you know because new zealand's all about sheep and but the wool market's tanked i mean we're all buying synthetics cotton and wool
0: wow, are really interesting.
1: In the market for them so they wanted to create greater demand for wool so these they contracted these two young guys to create a product and they created shoes running shoes loafers and running shoes and they started with with wool uh, they've added eucalyptus, and they've got some kind of a rubber, natural rubber sole. Um, it's very low um, uh, carbon footprint,
0: yeah, like uh, they've come out stuff. with,
1: yeah, and they've come all these fun things, and they they did such a great job of creating an online presence that um it, it you know, the communication. And they've got this fun, funky bird, all birds, all, have no idea where the bird came from, but it almost felt like you were having direct com- communication. Like I was talking to a person and yet I know it was all automated. They just right. did a fantastic job of my feeling related to the brand and the product and the company, even though it was all automated. And they, they did so well that they now, and I'm not sure where they're at now, given the pandemic, but uh in 2019, they started to open stores in major cities.
0: Mm, wow, that's crazy. I mean, it's so interesting how they could take something that was, you know, on face value, like, man, there's gonna be no demand for this. And now suddenly <laughs> it's, it's very profitable. I, I have three that's pairs. Cool. <laughs> wow, that's funny. And that's from, they're from New Zealand, you said, huh?
1: I think no the two guys were from california but it was the new zealand um wool industry that started the whole path that they they went on
0: that's so interesting yeah i interviewed a guy a similar thing with like a uh t-shirt company god i can't remember the name now it was like some uh really cool t-shirt company but it was like a special type of shirt and he ended up getting like 400,000 on Kickstarter to get the project going. Like people were way more than he originally planned. Obviously, I think it was like 20 grand that he wanted. And it was just this whole thing that started with his friends and stuff. And it's really inspiring to me because now we live in a day and age where even though, you know, like, again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the interview, where there was like the old model was okay. I'm going to go to school, I'm going to go work for a company for, you know, 30 years and then retire. So it's a very slow, sort of not very dynamic timeline in a sense, but then, you know, you sort of traded security in in a sense, like you knew in your mind, okay, that part, I I don't have to think about for the next 30 years, that's going to be my job, I'm going to have my house, all this stuff. And now, you know, a lot of things have changed in that sort of model of, of, of being, you know, things are much more dynamic, we're just changing all the time. And there's not that much security in a sense, but there's a lot more opportunity. I feel like you have the opportunity to create something from nothing. I mean, literally you see these people on Kickstarter or whatever else. And there's sort of that, if you have something authentic, immediately the mob will fund it <laughs> or even not, even not authentic nowadays with all the fake news going on. But uh, it's really, it's a really interesting world we live in with that. You know, So I think it's really pulling towards that authenticity which is what you mentioned is the second big rule, which is the uh, not transactions, but relationships. You said relationships, right? Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's so key. And it's such an important thing and something we have to remind ourselves because I like how you also said that you, through that process of connecting to the shoe company, you you knew it was automated, but you really sort of enjoyed the personal connection. And I think that's so important because I can't tell you, How many times, like for me, that's a big one is sort of this personal connection. Like I can't, like my, one of my biggest turnoffs is like poor customer service. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't like, I can't even, I can't even, it's a huge trigger for me, especially when somebody doesn't listen and then, you know, they just give you some stupid service and they don't even have a clue, which is like, you have no, no listening skills, no personal skills, or you, you know, have some sort of elaborate automated wall to sort of drill through by the time you <laughs> talk to somebody. You can tell I've had to deal with that recently, especially with the government. But, you know, it's just like any kind of, you know, you know if you've had to call and wait for like 50 minutes and you get some employee that just hates their life and they don't even help you, you know? So it's just like, I think that that needs to change and it will change. Right. I mean, I think that's where we're going, but it's an interesting direction because we're looking at authenticity more as the currency more than, Transactions, transactions, transactions. So and, I'm really and it you, it yeah, takes go work ahead. to do that. It yeah, does, it, it does. Do work.
1: It's like creating a brand identity. You yeah. have to know your value, your mission. Um, what you stand for is you said your why. Um, it, and it's it's like it takes a lot of work to get down to the core. So then you can create that authenticity. And, you know, it's like everything that comes out has that voice.
0: You have to be consistent, right? I mean, that's ultimately what it is. It's, to me, it's consistency. It's just being consistent across the brand with everything. And, you know, I th- I think one of the things that breaks trust the easiest, especially in the day and age where, like it or not, we are very dependent on the internet and that's not going to change. And that's going to be the future is is business. I mean, even podcasts like these, like, you know, we're digitally interacting with each other. Of course, there's a video, you know, we can see each other, but there's still something to the digital part that needs to be accounted for. Because if you and I were in person, there'd be so much more energetic exchange, obviously, because we're in person and sort of, you know, there's a lot more, uh, I guess, trust that's inherently built because we're programmed that way to sort of have that physical intimacy and connection. Uh, But then when you, when you have a screen or even worse, like an email, right, I send somebody an email with a, you know, nice, inspiring photo of me smiling off in the distance or whatever, you you really need to have consistency and, and sort of convert. And that's one thing I'm curious about what your opinion is on this is what are some strategies? How can people convert their essence, their consciousness, their, who they are into sort of. Automated digital information that conveys that sense of intimacy. Like, what are some ways that people can do that? That that you see that are very effective. That maybe are even coming up new. Like, what are some things that you would recommend to sort of transpose that into the business into the sequence?
1: Uh, it's it's a great question. Again, it's uh, okay. Let me tackle that from a couple of different. I don't think it's one and done. I don't think it's right. woohoo. We got it and we're never going to look at it again. I think it's a living, breathing because you're living, breathing and evolving that will live, breathe, evolve. So it's I would say it's do the work. When I say do the work, take the time to actually think through what is important to me. Why Mm -hmm. am I doing this? Who do I want to have an impact for? What impact do I want to have? What's the what's the ripple effect, you know, of what I do out in the world? And um, I personally have a creative process that I think of a funnel. Mm-hmm. So I start with brainstorming. Like I like to whiteboard and and I give myself permission to be as ridiculous, you know, as necessary. Right. Uh, I want to have more than 30 plus um possibilities on the whiteboard so the first is expanding out and brainstorming and then it's starting to fine-tune and wordsmith and find a couple of different expressions and then it's maybe having one two or three and you're tested out and get feedback from your marketplace people that you actually want this to appeal to you want to work with and then you kind of get your one but understand you're going to go do that you know refine um, test, refine test. You're going to keep repeating that. You said at the beginning, you kind of think of learn, grow, get inspired. Yeah. I I would imagine it took a fair amount for you to get down to those three nuggets.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, to find your one word and I've talked to people about this too. And I'm always, like you said, it's a constant thing. It doesn't stop, but to find that one word, it's like finding the value that drives you the most right now, you know, finding the one word that that really is like, what is my, my thing that's driving me, which is so important because from there, everything else proceeds, right? So if you don't have that right, then it's like speed is irrelevant if your direction is off, right? <laughs> What's there is a quote I, I remember just now, it's don't, I forget who said it, but it was like, don't prop your ladder God damn it! I'm gonna butcher this, but it's like don't climb the ladder of success to to realize it's propped against the wrong wall or something like that, yes. right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm gonna,
1: I want to go back to that because that's where I don't think there's any. I don't think there's um, any such thing as wasted experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. All, all for me, when as I'm, long
0: as you reflect on it, right. And you see it as a, right. not a waste.
1: All, all, all growth happens on the shoulders of what you've done in the past. I, a yeah. friend of mine, brilliant entrepreneur um, uh, and entrepreneurial, like off the charts. And he did his master's undergraduate master's in accounting and then worked for one of the big accounting firms. I mean, you can't get someone who is less <laughs> that <laughs> tight, right? He doesn't sit still and yet it's given him a foundation. He can look at a business plan or financials yeah. or even a marketplace and understand things that other people struggle with because he's got that solid foundation behind him. It's part of his platform for how, why he's been so successful.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's all about the basics. And like I like how you said that because ultimately, you know, we we all have a path that we're on. And a big part of being successful and knowing your why is being able to look back at your life and, and see what have been the unique blessings and, and sort of gifts that you've been given through your experience. It's never been wasted. I don't believe that, you know, as long as you see that it's not been wasted, you'll see like the unique sequence of events that you've been through. That's given you a very unique perspective. You know, like when I started, uh, you know, in school and college, I took a dance class and you know, this is on my website, my about story, but it's you know kind of funny. I took a dance class just to get an easy grade and meet girls, you know, and, and uh, after about three months of doing that, <clears throat> you know, we went out to go into the salsa club and have a, a fun, quote unquote final exam, whatever that is. And you know, this girl just walked out on me and it was just such an embarrassing and, and I was just so angry. I was like 19. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> I hated salsa. And, but that, you know, that little breadcrumb motivated me to take more classes. Then I got into competing and then, you know, I didn't do so well at competing at first. So I wanted to take lessons and then I became a coach and teacher. And then I got sick of teaching dancing. I became, you know, more independent than, you know, so it's like, it's so funny how things just lead you breadcrumb by breadcrumb, uh, into the next thing. Whereas, you know, if you told me, and I'm sure you can relate to this too. Like, let's say, imagine yourself 15 years ago. If somebody told you, Hey, this is what you're going to be doing you know, today, right. It's such a far away timeline the, the, the gap between your present self and that f- future self is just, it's just inconceivable at that time. And so you have to be able to just kind of take it one step at a time. And I think part of that is just seeing uh, the value in your experience, right? I mean, seeing the gifts that you've been given in your own yes. journey.
1: Yep. I, I wrote a blog post at the beginning of this year called the, the gift of 2020 is the death of infrastructure.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Right, uh, like that. Everything's been interrupted. So, what can you create? And yeah. and more want, space. Yes. Well, there's definitely more space, and so <laughs> many
0: yeah. changes
1: we're about to adapt to? Yeah. Um, but I think you're. I think you're spot on. That what you were saying is for me. In my mind, I think lean in and adapt. Like yeah. lean in and it, you adjust based on what happens. But All I know is this is what's the next step for me, because this is what everything in my being is saying, this is the next step. And knowing that I can make that step and adjust again.
0: Mm. That's so important, you know, and I think being adaptable is probably one of the biggest lessons of having a business. I mean, in life in general, right? I think in general, but if you own a business, I think being adaptable is probably The paramount essence of being successful, because if you can't adapt, I mean, I look at even, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, sort of this abstract thought. But you know, like for example, let's take ClickFunnels. You know, I, you know, the ClickFunnels is a common thing, and a lot of people use ClickFunnels. But I really, I've been wondering lately. I'm like, man, you know, I wonder if they're going to implode because the thing is, like right now, I've been seeing a lot of ads. For it's so funny. I really wonder if Facebook, I swear to God, if that reads your mind sometime, there's some weird stuff going on because literally I'll think about something and then I'll get an ad for it without even saying anything. It's like, what the hell is going on? But anyway, I've been, um, you know, wanting to find a solution to all the online systems I have because I literally have like four things that are integrated just to be able to have this one outcome, right? And so I'm looking for a platform to do, you know, scheduling and and you know, host the content and courses and and sell and do, do all these things, right?
1: I have to say I chose Kartra.
0: You chose Kartra? Yeah. I have some other I, friends that use Kartra. I've never really used I, it. So I did
1: that because it integrated about three or four different you yeah. know, I don't need schedule once because it's integrated. I don't need active campaign because it's integrated. But So, and, and when I was looking because the what I had wasn't working, yeah. um, that was the, that was the, cause, but it is right. No wasted experience because you know what click funnels is you can adapt. Although I have to say it is very expensive to change between.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, to adapt everything is just a pain in the butt that I don't even want to think about right now, <laughs> yes. but I yes. wonder if they're going to implode, you know, I, I've been thinking, I'm like, all right, you know. Like I'm sitting here just blowing money on these systems that are literally just for one thing. They don't cover everything, and so ultimately, the solution is somebody's going to come up with a solution. And you know, ClickFunnels as as an organization, I mean, they're so huge that they have to maintain sort of there's there's this inevitable momentum I think that comes with a business. And you know, I I wouldn't know because I don't have a you know eight figure business, but I, I imagine from what I've seen that there's this momentum of implosion that all businesses have to avoid and they have to adapt because you get successful, you hire more people, you scale, you scale, you scale, you scale, but then you know, suddenly you become irrelevant. The bigger, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. And so adaptability to go back to our point, I think is just ultimately crucial. You know, it's like the dinosaurs, you don't adapt, you go extinct.
1: <laughs> there, There is actually a product or industry life cycle mm, yeah. and, and you and you actually just nailed it. Right, you've got emerging whatever an idea technology industry. There's emerging, there's early adapters. There's kind of the main street mass market, yeah. And then there's depletion and extinction. And, um, uh, and there's something too that there are some companies that can keep an innovative hub. Do you know what I'm saying? And so that they buy can bypass the extinction, yeah. um, and in um, uh you know, like kodak cre- the, somebody worked at Kodak created the digital camera, but they couldn't see that it would be because the resolution was so poor compared to their paper. They were really in the paper business, not in the photography business, yeah. um, and now they're
0: doing vaccines, I think, right, or something
1: Kodak, well they're they're trying to reinvent themselves, but yeah. they haven't there there's a resurgence of the name, and I'm not sure what else, but yeah, yeah they but they missed they missed the mark. Um, and often the big behemoths of an industry, the leaders of an industry have invested so much in the infrastructure of the industry. They're the ones bypassed because it's the young nimble that are going to come in and be a solution. Eventually, you know, we think of, you know, landline, like telephone lines to cell phones. And, um, in third world countries, they never put in landlines. They went right to cell phones.
0: (laughs) And now with Starlink, I mean, it's just like that's going to be. I'm sure that's going to be the future. Just having internet anywhere you go, and you'll have some, who knows, some sort of technology. I mean,
1: right now you have to carry your your little satellite dish with you, which apparently fits on carry on.
0: Wow! <laughs> but
1: but soon it'll be something that'll be just in your phone.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it really goes back to that rule though, which is. Connections over transactions or relationships instead of transactions, because I think there's been, and I think this is changing. And I think it is changing very much, but it is dying off too. You still see some of it all over the place. I'm very amused when I see all this stuff on Facebook every day that I get advertised to or Google, YouTube. And it's just like scale, 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 10x, 10x, you know, grow, 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 grow. And it's like, dude, you know, first off, nothing in nature just grows indefinitely without evolving. Like that's cancer. And cancer, you know, is is a disease. (laughs) So ultimately you you can't just focus on growth, growth, growth all the time. You need to adapt and recycle. And the only way to do that is to be in tune with your clients, to be in tune with those relationships and to sort of, I guess, revisit that and have that connection. Because if you're just focused on transactions, you'll you'll be successful to some degree. I mean, anything you do, you'll be successful, but it will implode, right? I mean, that's kind of the the eventual outcome <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I
1: think the restaurant industry right now is about to implode and wow, yeah. did the pandemic bring it to a crisis absolutely but the industry was in a crisis it's mm. hard to be profitable you're coordinating a whole bunch of people that have paid below minimum wage you you have all this infrastructure and cost, and you don't know if you're going to fill your dining room. I mean, there's it's actually a really challenging business model yeah. the way it's structured right now. And um, I've read a number of articles that it was right for it was right for transformation, and then this this is just bringing it to crisis.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious where it's going to go. You know, it's so interesting. It really is interesting to me because there's so many, like you said, the the death of infrastructure is such a great. Such a great point. You know, I mean, you look at, I'm, I'm a lot into health and, and you know, all this stuff. And I think that if you look at nature and how things are already functioning, you get a lot of wisdom about, you know, how things should function in a business, in a relationship of any kind. And you look at, for example, the body, and we're finding out every day these types of things. But, you know, you look at the body and every cell communicates with the entire body. There's like an unbreakable com- connection. It's like the... You know, we talk about we invented the internet. Well, the internet was already there. It's just, you know, it wasn't (laughs) through a modem, you know? And so everything is connected and sort of there's there's a center that drives it all. And there's all these different principles anyway that we have to get into. But it's very much the same that's happening now on a global scale with the economy and businesses. It's this excess infrastructure that's sort of, you know, that's ineffective. It's just like these bulwarks, like even health and uh, education, which have been incredibly institutionalized they're becoming destabilized and it's much more, I think the future is very much based on that citizen cell, right? Like the the individual that's sort of the ultimate transactor that's connected to everything and they're creating and there's other individuals you're creating. It's such an interesting uh, dynamic. And I'm curious where the restaurant business will go with that. I mean, Are people just going to order more sort of those meal services at home? I mean, it's just so interesting to think about.
1: I, I certainly started one during the pandemic.
0: Which one did you get?
1: Hello Fresh.
0: HelloFresh. Okay. Hello
1: Fresh. We don't oh, have hello as many. Fresh. <laughs> hello Fresh. We don't have as many options in Canada as you do in the States. I yeah. mean, our populate our populace is like spread out. around the Toronto area, but around the Toronto area, we're still minuscule compared to, you know, the concentration that you guys have.
0: Yeah. You're in Toronto, right?
1: Just outside of. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I've thought about doing one of those because I'll tell you what, meal planning, especially people living at home now, it's like, you know, it's, it's just there's got to be a way to automate it. This <laughs> is, yes. if you if you add up the time that you spend every day, on, hell, just getting ready in the morning, taking a shower at night, prepping your meal, cleaning your food, you know, doing your laundry, doing this, I mean, you're spending several hours a day just literally just to break even on having more time to do on things that you want. And so it's like, I'm very curious and excited for automation and AI. I mean, there's a part that's scary to it. You know, with this new age, I think that, you know automation is definitely gonna be a, play a big role in business and everything. And, you know, there's some of it that's scary with the whole deep learning thing, but I'm excited to be able to automate things so that you could have more time to just, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever to live your freaking life. I mean yeah,
1: be be creative.
0: Yeah, be creative. Um,
1: the uh, I will say that uh, I, I was talking to a um, colleague who's in the States and you know, I was saying I was doing HelloFresh, and she could name off, you know, my my one thing about HelloFresh is normally I eat organic, and that's not one of the options for them. And and um she had like there was a vegan organic, and there in her local, I think in San Diego, it was like she had three different options. But when you, what you were talking about that whole automation, I get to choose the types of meals I want. Um, They come with like ease. It's like in a bag and the meat and um, uh, you know, it's easy to put together. It's the shopping's done for me. The packaging is very little and easily collapse. Uh, They've really thought through that there's less waste in, in automating this and making this an easy part of your life, than if you were to go and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, you know, cause people want to know the environmental impact these days, not just, you know, put it to my door, but how do I put it to my door that I feel good about it?
0: You know, I read something recently. This is kind of a tangent, but either way it's it's really interesting that they, and I think it's actually debuted to uh, premiere this year, 2021 it might be next year though, but there's this protein that they've created. Gosh, it starts with like an S. It's like solar or something like that. It's, from, it's in Sweden, I think, but they literally are creating it out of thin air. Mm-hmm. It's It's a farm. It's like a super compact sort of farming, urban farming thing where they're taking carbon <laughs> and they're turning it into a source of protein. It's like this powder that supposedly tastes like sunflower lecithin or, you know, something very neutral, you know, but it's a protein powder that's 50% protein carbon, you know, they're taking it from the carbon in the air. I'm like, wow, that is insane. And like, you know, you think about, wow, you know, like, where is the future of that going? I mean, in terms of food, in terms of farming, in terms of automation, in terms of everything, it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was, that was a tangent, but that was so interesting to
1: But but I I find it absolutely. And that's why um, reading Peter Diamandis' book, Abundance, was great, because he actually looks transportation and education and food and what are some of the changes. I have to say I'm a little bit skeptical. I've also heard about engineered meat. That's, you know, they've they've. Um, cloned cells off a cow without hurting yeah, the cow. They cloned <laughs> cells. They've grown meat. I'm a little bit more interested in that than than engineered. And the reason I think because you said nature does it best. Yeah. You know, it's like um, nature feeds us, and and everything is whole and complete, and you get it in exactly the right proportion that our bodies are designed to get you know, even when we create supplements and I take supplements, but, you know, whole food delivers the micronutrients, the phytonutrients and the macronutrients all in the right blend, whereas we're mixing and matching.
0: Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, it's really, for me, it's work smarter, not harder. It's it's just a fundamental principle. That's what alignment is to me. And I think every conversation like this, even whether it's business, what we've been talking about, it's really like, okay, how do I align? Like we're talking about, for example, you know, uh, connection, not sales, right? Transactions. And so really it's about figuring out, okay, how do I align my business so that I'm aligned to create that connection? And then transactions will just happen naturally. Same thing Mm -hmm. with, you know, food, you know, nutrition, if things are aligned, then health happens naturally. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the times we get hung up on the outcome of whatever it is, right? Like, let's say you're not making sales. So, oh my God, you know, what detail do I need to change? But really it's like, am I aligned? You know, let me go back to the drawing board and see like, am I aligned for this? Cause really I find, and you can tell me what you think about this, but I fundamentally believe that if things are aligned then the outcome just happens like naturally. It's supposed to happen naturally and relatively with little effort. But it's usually when things are not aligned that we experience the difficulties uh, wherever. I you know I'm speaking in generalities now, but it can be applicable to anything. So,
1: Tudor, I love what you just said, and that, and I what went through my mind is a different way of saying that is the outcome tells you what you're aligned to.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's great.
1: Right. So if it's not what you thought it was, you get to find out because the outcome is not what you thought it, you wanted it to be. Yeah,
0: that's good. I love that. The outcome tells you what you're aligned to. <laughs> well, there you go. See, learn something new. I love it. That's great. Thanks for that one. Well, here's another question for you cuz you know, I'm curious, you know, one thing that people struggle with is competition. You know, and, and sort of especially I think in this new system we are focusing away from this sort of cutthroat competition and focusing more inward on again, solutions and connection. And those things—they're—they're in their own world. Everyone's on their own island with their own authentic self. It's not about being on a competitive situation. And so, how do you help people sort of think differently and reframe that from a world of competition to a world of authenticity-based? Even competing on price—I mean, you know, there's this whole fear of like, well, you know, I should be competitive with my price. you You know, let me see whatever the people are charging, which to some extent, you know, may be warranted. But you know, how do you get out of that competitive mentality and into a more sort of authentic driven mentality?
1: It's perfect. Um, I started by saying that I think that a lot of independently owned businesses are playing the wrong game of business. They think what yeah. they sell is their business, and therefore they're competing on price. and they're being commoditized. They mm-hmm. can't play the transactional business, the game that the chains play. It's a transaction business. Chains are all transaction. But here's the thing, if you flip that and understand who your customers are, what's important to them, and you position what you offer as a solution to their needs, and you're focused on building relationships and what do they want and how do you take care of them and how do you make it easier and really develop that know, like, and trust that's at the center of any relationship, they, nobody else can play your game. It's like when you, it, this is where what you sell as a vehicle, stop talking about your business based on what you sell. Start talking about it as the difference you make with your customer base. And um, and it, again, just just like you were saying about getting down to core values, it takes some, we take all of this for granted. It's easier yeah. to focus on what we sell because we take what we do, it comes so naturally, we take it for granted. And the, probably the easiest way to start, um identifying it is to start paying more attention to what your customers say. What do they ask you for? What do they appreciate you for? What do they thank you for? What are their complaints? Cause that's telling you where the gap is. Mm-hmm. And um, if you start paying attention to what they say and you know, the words they use, they're going to mirror back to you why they choose you and why they choose you as the value create, but that's it. Your goldmine, any business. And, and, You know, at a personal level, I think if we focus on innovation and value, nobody else, there's no competition when we're playing. There was a book a number of years ago I read called Blue Ocean Strategy. And the idea is, you know, um, most businesses are in a red ocean from bloodletting from competition. But here's the thing, create a solution and that you create your own ocean, and that's the thinking is if you're focused on the value and relationship, it's your own ocean.
0: Hmm. So important to be able to create your own space rather than trying to be in someone else's space and sort of try to feel like you're proving yourself. Mm-hmm. That's such an important thing. It's interesting for me, I, I kind of, I'm not saying I'm master at it, but certainly I had to learn to deal with that in my competitive career as an athlete when I was competing because it was a very subjective sport. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think anytime you're in a subjective situation when you're competing, it sets up a very, I don't know how many of those types of activities there are. I mean, ice skating sort of, but even that's a little more objective than what I was doing. But if it's subjective, you know, it's, it's a tough situation because there is no, you know, there's no finish line, you know? And so you have to deal with a lot of interesting things that I feel helped me also see life lessons too. I mean, because life is subjective, you know, there's no finish line for success. There's something that you draw and you delineate the space of, and then you, like you said, you create that blue ocean for yourself, which is your own space, you know, and you're not comparing it and defining it based on anybody else's. so important.
1: hundred percent agree.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Anything coming up for you that's exciting? You already released your book, right? Or is that? Yes. Yeah, out. So it,
1: it's, it's been a, and funny enough, when I went back to reevaluate what I need to do a second edition within months of releasing it, yeah. the first chapter in my book is the opportunity and change. Mm, that's I mean, funny. It was actually, it was actually the, the, um, if anything for me, it's been, I don't have, there's no pandemic language in the book, but all of it was so relevant when I went back and through it. And it's yeah. the cornerstone of what I, you know, it's, for me, it's a blueprint for creating a customer centric solution based business model yeah, based on whatever it is you sell.
0: No, it's, and it's so important. I think it's, it's so funny how those things are so perfectly timed though, isn't it? It's always, everything always happens in perfect timing, even though it's unraveling around you. And it seems that way. Again, for me, it's all nature. Like you look in nature and there's this thing called the local perspective where, locally things just look crazy but if you zoom far away everything's like completely organized and always in this perfect little clock and timing and i mean again you probably you like to nerd out on health a little bit but if you've ever seen like these schematics of cells and how how they work i mean it's just it blows your freaking mind that that's one cell and you have trillions of those things going on and operating on a a finite level in your body and just somehow it all works and you wake up and you think and you eat and you walk around and it's just like, if all of that happens every day, usually without missing a beat, hopefully, I mean, what's it to say that your life isn't already in some sort of scheme where things are going to work out? It just seems like they're chaos because you're, you know, looking around you, but I don't know. Yeah. It's always a good reminder. So it's so funny how those things are so well-timed. It's so well-timed, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: That's cool. What are you most grateful for today, Patty?
1: Um, well, actually, today Tutor is meeting you and being on the on the podcast, and um, you know this was a it was a fun discussion. I enjoyed uh, you know kind of diving into it and went off on the different tangents we took, and uh, so thank you.
0: All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Patty. You know, it's been a crazy year for sure, but we have opportunities during crazy, don't we? I always try to remind myself that the crazier life gets around me, the more stuff is going on. It's going to be great because, you know, the creative process in general is messy. And especially when you're repositioning, redefining, it's it's a messy process. It's not clean. So you have to allow it to be crazy, but also remind yourself that the craziness is a great sign. So Patty's a wealth of information in this area, and she's got some great resources for people. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling you know you want some great insights on how to reposition your business, or maybe a new strategy on how to do something and future-proof your business, great stuff. Go check it out on the. I'll put it on the link on the website, but the URL is pattymara.com/slash dance of life. You can get a book up solutions and her touchpoint scorecard for your business there as well. Let's not forget our great quote from good old Tony Robbins, been around forever. The quality of your life is directly related to what you're willing to and not willing to put up with. There's a lot in that quote. It's, it's a little elusive at first. It's willing to and not willing to put up with. You know, what are you willing to say yes to and what are you willing to say no to? They're both important, right? You know, change and chaos will always be part of your life. But it is the rules that we have of how we navigate that change that really makes the difference, doesn't it? What you're willing to say yes to and also no, which is, I think, even sometimes more important, they're equally important. And this goes for your business. It goes for your health. It goes for your life, for your relationships, for your partnerships, anything. If you want to be successful, it's all about the rules that you set up to how to navigate this constant change and chaos. So I'll leave it at that. Thanks so much for listening as always. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day, an amazing weekend. And we'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. Until then, don't forget, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.